the artist has got to be not like the historian. The historian has got hindsight. He can go back and go, that was a great moment. But the artist's got to go, I know, I was there. It's like history is something that happens. You can't be there at history. It's May of 1991, and Deirdre is in London, chatting backstage with the legendary Julian Cope. Julian has just released Peggy Suicide, one of the most ambitious and successful albums of his career. And while Deirdre's in town, they're hatching plans for Julian to appear on Snap. Julian Cope is coming into town the 8th and the 9th of July at the Roxy. He'll be performing two completely different shows each night. And the 10th of July, Julian Cope's going to come in here to Snap and do a completely different show. But just days after that announcement, Snap was off the air. Deirdre left KCRW for good in June of 1991. Then she left L.A. too for a while. The following year, she showed up in rural England to live with Julian and his family. I don't remember her saying, I've got five weeks to learn something about myself in an English countryside. But she allowed herself to fly when she came here. I'm Trisha Halloran, and from KCRW, this is Bent by Nature, Deirdre O'Donoghue and the Lost Snap Archives, Episode 9, Promised Land. Hi, this is Julian Cope. I'm speaking from the Jockey House in the depths of Middle England. I was just very determined to talk whatever limited information I could tell you about Deirdre because I believe that it was a just a very important time in her life because she wasn't making plans for the future. It was almost like she was making plans for other people's futures. The time that I knew Deirdre was a very enlightened time, briefly. And when I first came into Deirdre's orbit, I think it's 92. We were very full-on and idealistic, and I'd say very new age, which really suited Deirdre because she was in a, a bad place. It was as though she knew that LA was killing her, It was physically killing her, but also she knew that an urban environment was killing her. So to start with, the gusto that she had was just taken up having a very interesting affair with a young guy who was playing drums with me, who was about 20. And so when he came back, it was very clear that she should escape to people who were beyond sympathy who were into, uh, I suppose the Americans used the term empathy, but it was always very close to the surface, the far outness. But she allowed herself to fly when she came here. It was as though she was knee-deep in excelsis. She was there. We were spending so much time in the West Country at the most ancient stone circle in the world that it just became clear that when she was going to come over here, she was just going to be drawn to it. It's a place where the ancients over 5,000 years ago 
put up stones and buried themselves lavishly. Uh, so if they were giving the thumbs up and uh, saying this is a sacred landscape, everybody who's come since has um, felt the same way. So she ended up staying at our house. Our house is a very peculiar place. Um, it's part of an old manor house. It's not old in terms of British. It, it's about, I think it's about 1798. But it looks very archaic because it's all made from ship's timbers from the Bristol dockyard, which are all stamped. There's a lot of them are stamped on the, um, the dates. So this really helped Deirdre. She felt an ersatzness that she wanted to throw off. And I think she needed to break out of, of America in that way, in the same way as my wife found that, that you come over here and it's so ancient that it just allows you to divest yourself of any urbanness. If you want to look at the, her environment at this time, type in Yatesbury, England or UK on Google Earth. It's funny, it's so rustic because it just puts you in that mind of a total other time. This village has had the same name since 855. That's 200 years before the Normans conquered us. She stayed here and started to get a bit ratty with the people that were also staying here in our absence. So in the end, she said, I want to go and move into the jockey house, which was this brick building behind the house, which is also um, ancient, but it hadn't been lived in since 1935. And um, I said, you can't live in here. And she said, I can, it's absolutely perfect. In terms of her seeking solace, it couldn't have been better. She'd sit at the apple tree, much to the consternation of my much straighter neighbor. And I said, she's lovely and she's extremely bright. She's not loopy. And uh, she just kind of sticked out. She is such a dynamic memory. We only talked in outrageous cosmic terms. We talked about very obvious new age things, but things that ring true down the years. The roots of the female, the kind of man that a man should be in order to, you know, be in tune with the female. Was there a root to the male through the three different ages of the female? Was there a route through language and number? If I call my grandmother, my Welsh grandmother, nine, does that mean that there's part of the threefold goddess of three, six and nine in there? Or one, three and nine? Are these things that as soon as you investigate fall to pieces? Or are they things that can enrich your life? And I think Deirdre was fascinated by the manner in which her ancestors had learned to worship Christ. She was fascinated by things like the Bridget Shrines in Ireland. 
the fact that there were such things as Bridget shrines. But um, she never got to the far west of Ireland. One of the reasons that I went there was because I wanted to see the union of megalithic culture, ancient stones, and turn of Christianity culture. And that's what fascinated her, what made the Irish Irish. One of the things about Deirdre, I have to say, is I had a lot of friends who were New Age and they'd laugh if they were being preposterous, coming out with something that was a bit, you know, a bit wet, perhaps. Deirdre never, ever felt bad about coming over like wet because she, well, there was nothing wet about her. She was just really intense and would just go from one subject to another as though it was all rock and roll. So when we would be talking about Bridget Shrines, we'd be seeing it in terms of ritual, the juxtaposition of the female and the male, the sacred child, and how many more of those were there around the world in ancient times. So she needed to expand. I think with an unruly imagination like Deirdre, she wasn't going to get more than a temporary psychic poultice to place on her unruly mind. I think she knew that, and I think that one of the most important things was her heart was warmed that places like this existed. And I think that was the thing that was um, very eye-opening to her. It gave her a sense of peace. She understood on a rock and roll level, which is something that archaeologists do not get. She understood that the shaman is not the priest. The priest is a man of a temple. The shaman is from a time before that. That's why rock and roll is so amazing. We'd be in the middle of a conversation and she'd be going, you heard the monks? And then we'd start talking about the monks. Then we'd start talking about other unruly imaginations. And there was no separation between the rock and roll and the ancient ritual and trudging and making your journey and wending your way or just going directly. Everything was a sacred thing. It's hard to read now in terms of she was here to find something. I don't remember her saying, I've got five weeks to learn something about myself in an English countryside. She always talked to me like as though she'd fled in the end back from here. I don't know whether she was in a bad way or whether she was planning to go back in any case, but... Um, I know her well enough to say that she felt she was coming to a conclusion. I think she knew that she'd cooked up some good shit and was going to have to leave it on the stove for other people to finish it. There are very few people in rock and roll who are intensely kindred spirits. One of the things I would say most about my relationship with Deirdre was that it was 
trying to facilitate her when she came over here because she'd facilitated me and really um, opened my eyes to what I was considered was uh, an MC5-zian enlightenment, a kind of uh, open-minded mofos watching each other's backs. That's what we were, I think. And if you ever find time, just type in Yatesbury, England, because it is so funny to think of her flitting around down Black Lane and the Avenue and all of these places, because, uh, yeah, she was here long enough to really <laughs> spark the place off. I'm possibly still very influenced by that Yoko Ono poster uh, that asks, have you seen the horizon lately? You know, and I think um, that was ultimately the best, was she saw the horizon and it was good. I thank you, God, for most this amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a blue true dream of sky, and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. I who have died am alive again today, and this is the sun's birthday. This is the birthday of life and of love and wings and of the gay, great, happening, illimitably earth. How should tasting, touching, hearing, seeing, breathing, any lifted from the now of all nothing, human merely being, doubt, unimaginable you? Now the ears of my ears awake, and now the eyes of my eyes are opened. Julian Cope lives in the depths of Middle England. He released his most recent album of new material, Self-Civil War, in 2020. Bent by Nature is co-produced by Bob Carlson and Mike Dodge Weisskopf, with production assistance from Anna Buss and Marion Hodges. Our digital producer is Andrea Dominic. KCRW's program director for music is Anne Litt. Our program director for culture is Anielle Zaberi fields if you'd like to hang out in Deirdre's world a little longer, head over to the Bent by Nature website at kcrw.com slash bentbynature. You can explore Deirdre's archive of vintage performances and interviews, including Julian Cope. You can also play Deirdre's tape of the last recorded episode of Snap, number 1213, from June 17th, 1991. We're adding new stuff all the time, so be sure to check back. Special thanks to Dorian Cope, Frida Young, Natalie Kiriakoudis, Saria Lewis, Cheryl Pavelski, Meredith Schomburg, and Jeff Sykes. I'm Trisha Halloran, and from KCRW, this has been Bent by Nature, Deirdre O'Donoghue and the Lost Snap Archives. Archives.